This is a special Walker Cup episode. The Back of the Range Golf Podcast will introduce you to the finest amateur golfers in the United States. Some have competed in major championships, others have won USGA titles, and many have been named All-Americans. The one thing they all have in common? They all want to be one of 10 men chosen to represent their country at the 47th Walker Cup matches at Royal Liverpool Golf Club. This is The Road to Hoylake, presented by AmateurGolf.com. And now your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome back to The Road to Hoylake, presented by AmateurGolf.com. I'm your host, Ben Adelberg. Our next episode in this series introduces you to a couple guys that just wrapped up impressive collegiate careers at Texas A&M and Duke University. In fact, they just might be the finest players to come out of these two schools in program history. While some players leave school early to head for the pro ranks, these two guys stayed all four years and were named second-team All-Americans in their senior seasons. Chandler Phillips is, well, he's one of a kind. You know, you could just look at the Texas A&M record book and quickly realize why he is a part of the conversation for the 2019 U.S. Walker Cup team. During his career as an Aggie, he won seven times as an individual. That's a school record. Since 1994, nobody has had a better season scoring average or more rounds under par. These numbers grab just about everyone's attention, except for Chandler's. During our conversation, I got the impression that he keeps his head down, plays his golf, and lets everything take care of itself. He also likes to hunt. And we chatted briefly about who he's hanging out with this summer leading up to the Walker Cup. I also had a chance to speak with Alex Smalley from Duke University. Alex was named the ACC Scholar Athlete of the Year while posting eight top 10 and six top five finishes in 12 tournaments this season. He graduated as the Blue Devils career scoring leader with the 71.32 career average in 49 tournaments. Additionally, he won back-to-back Sunny Hanna Invitational titles, the first to do that since Ricky Fowler. The response to our first episode in this series with Stu and William was fantastic, so keep sharing these episodes on social media. Make sure you're subscribed in Apple Podcast and Spotify to get the latest episodes, and make sure you're following the action on AmateurGolf.com for in-depth insight during the upcoming weeks. Before we get to our conversations with Chandler and Alex, let's welcome back Julie Williams, Managing Editor at AmateurGolf.com for some more information about the world of amateur golf this week. Julie, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. We are uh, uh, glued to uh, Western Amateur, uh, Western Golf Association's website, hitting refresh and F5 nonstop all day. I'm sure that you are feeling the pain just as much as I am. So we're recording this just, you know, right as the match play gets started, you know, the top 16 advanced, and they're just going to go through the knockout stage until a uh, champion is named um, this weekend. So let's start with your surprises as to who did not get into the match play. Let's just start there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was still kind of reeling. I know we talked about it last time that we talked, but there were just so many players who I expected to make match play who didn't make match play, you know, Cole Hammer, Stephen Fisk, Isaiah Salinda, that it kind of left it wide open for me to go, okay, so who are we going to get to see in match play? So the guys who, you know, wasn't surprised to see get in Chandler Phillips, um, Sahith Tigala 
is playing great this year, even though he's coming off an injury. He got in. John Pock was kind of a no-brainer. I, you know, I expected to get in. Quade Cummins. So there were some guys who got in who I wasn't surprised, but it, it looks a little different on that bracket than I thought it might. A lot of these guys, you know, once you get past the top three that have already been named to the team, you know, Hammer and Akshay and, and Hagestad, and then you have a, maybe a couple other ones that are, you know, in that maybe that solid four or five spot that you feel like, okay, they're, they're probably going to get a pick if they don't, uh, you know, win the U.S. Amateur. But I guess what I'm curious about is the guys on the bubble that didn't get into match play, does it hurt them tremendously or, you know, maybe speak to what your feeling is as to who really elevated their stock or maybe who is just kind of treading water and it didn't really change much. What do you think, I guess, is going to happen at this point? You know, I don't know that it's a deal breaker. Some of those guys who didn't make the bracket, specifically for some of the guys who have got such a good record anyway. Um, You know, the three guys I just named, Hammer, Fisk, and Celinda, I think they've already spoken for the way that they can play. Um, Somebody like uh, a John Pock, a Quade Cummins, who were on sort of the bubble, I think it was a really good thing that they made match play. I'm going to say the same for Chandler Phillips because after college ended, the college season, he hasn't been super impressive this summer. Uh, he missed the cut at the Southern Amateur. He withdrew at the Transmiss. So I think he did himself a big favor by making it. But, you know, even, you know, some of the, like, uh, Ricky Castillo, who made the match play bracket, he's a junior. I don't know that I could really see the USGA loading that team up with a lot of junior golfers. He'll, he'll be a freshman in the fall, but right. I, I don't know. I, th- I think, you know, I think that the guys who needed to have a good performance this week did, and, and that's Chandler Phillips, John Pock. Um, Let's kind of talk about, both of these guys are going to be our, our guests for, the, for this episode. So we're talking about Chandler Phillips, who did make match play. And then also let's talk about the uh, the two-time Sunny Hannah champion, Alex Smalley out of Duke. So let's go with uh, let's go with Mr. Phillips first. Chandler Phillips played the Arnold Palmer Cup for the third time this spring. And no player has ever been either qualified for or, you know, picked for the team three times. He, he qualified the first two times, then he was a captain's pick. So, you know, I so I talked to Chandler Phillips before he played that event and just talking about how he feels about playing team competitions, where, you know, where he stands with amateur golf. I'm pretty convinced that you could not find a better guy for team morale than Chandler Phillips. He is so laid back. I asked him, you know, I asked him about his ranking because he was in the top 10, I think in in the wagger, you know, at that point. And I had to go back to my notebook to look this up, but I love this quote. He says, you know, I just ask where we're going this week and I show up and I play golf. Yep. And there's, you know, there's nothing more to it than that. And if you can picture it, you need to picture that being said in, a, you know, in a slow drawl that's kind of Chandler Phillips. Um, but I, you know, I really talk about somebody who does not overthink it. That's Chandler Phillips. Um, and, you know, like I said, I think he was a guy who needed to play well this week at the Western because he hasn't had a particularly impressive summer. Um and he, I think, I think if there was some question about where his game is, you know, I, I think maybe he cleared some of that up this week just by being in the top 16. And of course he, um, 
he lost that first round match, but he got there. So I, I think th- that's what needed to happen. For for people listening, the interview with him is just absolutely fantastic. Just what you said, laid back Southern guy. I mean, it's like, it's almost like he's the Wooderson from Dazed and Confused, uh, Matt, Matthew McConaughey character. I mean, that's my immediate reaction to him. He's just, you know, so laid back. But on the other hand, let's talk about Alex Smalley from Duke. Yeah, so... Alex Smalley is, you know, my best way to describe him, you know, I think he's, he's definitely an intellectual and, you know, of course, you know, of course he's a very smart guy. He graduated from Duke um, and managed to balance college golf while he was doing that. But I think Smalley has one of the most technically sound, fun to look at, fun to watch golf swings that I have seen watching golf on the college and amateur circuit in the last few months. And so when I watched him win the Sunny Hannah, I'm assuming, you know, he must have somebody who he works with a lot, you know, frequently. And so I'm asking him about his swing and he says, you know, I did it, I did have an instructor when I was growing up as a kid, but he stopped taking lessons when he was 14. And so in middle school and high school, he just had his dad give him kind of like an extra eye yeah. um, and, and keep an eye on it. And then, of course, once he got to Duke, you know, I think. Um, coach Jamie Green is is one of the really top-notch coaches um, and so he was helping him you know a, a lot around short game and around the green is what um, Smalley said but I think that his swing is just is going to set him up for success it's it's very repeatable and very smooth um, and I think we should watch out for him going into the U.S. Amateur because, of course, uh, he's a North Carolina kid. He said he has a lot of experience playing Pinehurst, so that's a place he's going to be comfortable. So I could see him being confident there and having a good run and maybe, you know, maybe solidifying his spot by playing well next week. Great information on Chandler. Great information on Alex. It will definitely catch up next week. I think that'll be the last open week, so to speak, where we can prep for discussing who is going to be making a run at the U.S. Amateur. We have a lot of great guests coming up in this series, so we'll catch up next week. As always, thanks so much for the time, Julie. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, Julie, for the insight. I look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of The Road to Hoylake. Let's get to our conversations with Chandler and Alex right now. Chandler, welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I appreciate the time. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay, you know. Um, I'm not as good as you though. Number we're looking at the world amateur golf rankings right now, and and we got you at uh, number seven in the world, and and the fourth ranked American right now as of late June. Uh, how how does a guy from from Huntsville, Texas, get to that that point in the world ranking? How'd that happen? That that's a great question. <laughs> uh, no, um, I don't know, uh, my. You know, nowadays these these parents they they kind of pressure uh, their kids into getting into golf, kind of like trying to force them to do it. But my uh, my dad and my grandpa just kind of I don't know gave me a set of clubs and like here go hit it go hit some balls if you want to. There you if go. Not whatever. And I just kind of started out like that, and then um, they built a golf course uh, when I was about six or seven or eight somewhere around there in Huntsville and uh I just started going out there I I wanted to go and my dad he would just he he had he owns his own business so he would um he'd go drop me off and I'd just sit out there and hit range balls all day and 
he'd come pick me up for lunch, go eat lunch, come back, <laughs> go hit some more range balls and come pick me up at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, doesn't get much simpler than that. I mean, did you instruction lessons? Did that really come into play early or did that? I mean, have you been, have you had many lessons? No. Uh, so I, I never, I never got a lesson until I was about, I'd say 12. Okay. My, my swing coach now is the same swing coach I've had pretty much from the start of my lessons. Uh, it's Dean Cho. He's, he's out of Raven's Nest in Huntsville and he, he got the job as the head pro around that time. And he, um, I mean, I was out there all the time, so he, he came in and introduced himself, and we just kind of hit it off, and he's like a second dad to me now. And he he he's actually taught me so well that I rarely go and see him now He <laughs> because because if I'm having a problem, it's just like, oh, well, that's, a, that's the same stuff as last time, or yeah. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I can fix it. Fairly often can I fix it on my, uh, on my own, but yeah. If if not, I'll send him a video or if I'm in town, I'll just kind of go up there. And <laughs> what's so funny is when we when we do work, uh, when I am in town and we do work, it's like a, maybe a 10 minute session. And he's like, it's just this. And I hit a few more balls and like, yep, there you go. It's fixed. The, I mean, <laughs> that's a great thing about your golf swing, but isn't it? also a little frustrating when just like one, I mean, well, I guess that's golf. That doesn't, it's not particularly, oh, yeah. I mean, isn't that just such, I mean, it's a, I, I do that myself. I'm like, why is everything just going, you know, why am I hitting it right? And then you just move yeah. that ball back just a little bit and you're like, man, I wish I knew that an hour ago instead of just frustrating the hell out of myself for the last hour. Exactly. It is, it's probably one of the most frustrating games there is out there. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we played, I don't even know why, but, um, uh, I know, but you, you have, uh, so, you know, we're kind of focusing in on the guys that are on the short list or that are, you know, really lined up for a good run at making the Walker cup team in September. You had this storied career at A&M, you know, you know, school record, seven wins, most decorated player coming out of Texas A&M. I love this quote and tell me if this quote is right. You know, looking at, do you turn pro and forego the chance or do you stay amateur? Please tell me this is an accurate quote. You just said three months ain't going to kill me. That's, it. That's the words that came out of my mouth. <laughs> so you've played three Palmer Cups. Uh, you know, your your thoughts are this is I'm going to make one final push for the Walker Cup. Yeah. And, and, the, and the Palmer Cup had uh, a great influence on kind of my decision because these past three years playing on the Palmer Cup, those have been probably three of the funnest and most memorable moments of my college career just being able to play on the u.s team and represent my country and you know just kind of get to know everybody you know i mean playing playing against everybody and playing on that team well that's the top guys in college that year and i mean if you look at the the past guys that have played on the palmer cup i mean they're all on the PGA tour. So, I mean, it's just like, even if I don't, even if I don't make it on the PGA tour, which I hope I do one day, but even if I don't, I know I'm going to have friends that are on the PGA tour that I can be like, Hey man, like I, I know him. I played <laughs> golf with him. I was, I was on a team with that guy. And, and I mean, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It, it means a lot to me to, 
represent my country too. And it, it's just, it's a blast. So you played on three, you went, uh, so I think, so how was the, I know we lost, or I know that the U S lost, uh, the last one. I know you won your first two. I know you're in France. So I can't imagine what that's like to just turn, turn the U S team over, turn them loose in France. Uh, how was the Elotion club? Unbelievable. Uh, I, it, you know, it was, it was funny that all the members there were out there watching us and everything. And I, I had to have had uh, 40 or 50 members come up to me and like, Hey, how, how you like the course? Uh-huh. I had to be honest with them. I was like, it's the second best course I ever played in my life. Oh man. Now, you did that too. Now, then because cause Sage, yeah. Sage Valley's is your number one, isn't it? Sage Valley's number one. Sage, it'll, it'll probably be always be number one unless I make it to the masters one day and play Augusta. <laughs> But, uh, but they're like, oh yeah, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. I was like, yeah, I just want to be honest with you, but this place is unbelievable. <laughs> That's awesome. You were also, you know, you're on the short list, but you're also were invited to the practice sessions down, down here in South Florida last December, not your first time, obviously in a team format or a team setting, getting everyone together, but that's gotta be just a really interesting, interesting setting because you all know why you got chosen to be there. And right. you also know that not all of you are going to be on the team in September. Was yeah. I mean, and and it's also you know you got captains walking around there. You got Captain Crosby. You probably you know you got Captain Vinny Giles. How much fun was that in just a unique setting? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, again, just kind of I didn't know everybody, and just yeah. to kind of know everybody that was invited down there, and to get to uh, know Mr. Crosby and everybody that was going to be affiliated with it. I mean, it was just a blast. Um, the bonus, the bonus was where we got to play. I mean, we got to play, uh, medalist, MacArthur, Seminole and bears club. And it was just unbelievable. And then when we went out to bears club, uh, Mr. Nicholas was there and had us for lunch. And I mean, <laughs> get out of here. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just like, uh, I don't want to go home. <laughs> like <laughs> I just want to stay down here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I live just down the road, and I haven't I haven't been able to get onto all those courses, but I've played a couple of them, and they are right. uh, they are pretty special. What um, I'm sure Mr. Nicholas had a great message. I'm sure Captain Crosby and 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 you know Captain Giles had had great things to share. But was there maybe a moment, whether if you're playing with some of the guys or you're you're talking to to you know one of these legends. Was there a moment maybe where it really kind of sunk in as to, wow, I'm uh, I'm one of these guys now? Uh, it was kind of before I got there. Okay, uh, sure. Because, yeah, I mean, I had actually <laughs> – it's funny. Uh, I got a buddy that he's uh, – you're going to laugh, uh, but or people are going to laugh at this, but one of my good buddies is a three-time world champion bullfighter. Um, and he, and he's a, uh, I had already booked my flight to Vegas, uh, to go out there and watch him try to make it three years in a row that he, he had won. So he, he invited me out there and said that like everything, like he had a room for me and everything like that. And then I got an email or a phone call getting invited to the, uh, Walker cup practice. I had to call my buddy up. I'm like, Hey man, (laughs) I can't, I can't come. (laughs) I got, I got something more important to go do. <laughs> and, and then, uh, when I got down there, when, when I got that phone call, that was kind of like, wow. All right. Here we go. Like I'm considered, uh, yeah. one of the top 
top golfers. So I guess, uh, I guess I better get this in my head and get, get my, uh, I guess get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now wait a minute. Let me, let me ask you this question. Did you not realize or consider that you were at the top of the list before you got the phone call? I mean, it's not like you're playing in some random school in some random conference and not doing these great things in college. Have you not considered yourself at the top? I, not so much of that. It okay. was just, I, I really don't, I don't, I never really thought about it. Okay. I just kind of, I just kind of went out there and played golf. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd see the, the things that my coach would post and everything like that, but I never really wanted it to get to me or, uh, change who I was or anything like that. And I, I just see some guys let that happen and it kind of gets to them and then their golf game goes down and stuff like that. So I was just like, you know what? You just keep doing what you're doing. You just go play golf. And if, if you get a phone call to go do this, <laughs> load up, let's go. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a good strategy. That's worked out pretty good. Um, yes, all right. So you have, you have the summer, you obviously, you know, are going to pick, pick a schedule and, and kind of plot your way towards, September. I think we're going to see everyone at the U.S. Amateur. What uh, What else are you doing this summer? Where Where are you going to be playing to kind of put yourself in the best spot to uh, to get a spot on that team? I in the whole month of July, I'm pretty much gone. I'll, I'll be in Dallas the first first week of July or second week of July, and then I come home for a few days, and then I'll go to Arkansas, Little Rock for the Southern. Okay. Uh, Dallas Dallas is transmiss. Okay. Uh, and then I'll come come home for a few days, and then I'll head up to Michigan for the Western. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm there for a week and a half. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and then uh, come home for a few days, and or maybe a week or so, and then head out to North Carolina for the USM, and then see where that puts me, and go from there. Yep, that's uh, that sounds pretty good. Um, you know, summer housing is just so tough to find in the Texas area, and I'm sure you, you either you went on Airbnb or maybe uh, you know Craigslist to find some place to crash for the summer. Um, someone has been fortunate enough to to let you crash on their couch for the summer. Um, <laughs> what's what's your summer uh, lodging setup like? Just uh, share that with me. Yeah, um, so pretty much my my brother. Uh, he, I would consider him as my brother now. Uh, we, we, we roomed together for two and a half years in college while he was still in college, but, uh, I'm living with, uh, Cameron champ now. Oh, that down. guy. Yeah. 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 That guy, the, the, the one that hits it a country mile. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm staying down here in the woodlands with him and, uh, and then I just joined at the woodlands country club and I got a, I just went out there yesterday and saw some guys that I actually played college golf with and they're there too and got together and started playing some golf and it looks like a great place to uh, kind of camp out for a while, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What now when you're there, is that more just kind of the more of the relaxing place to, to practice or are you trying to replicate some kind of competitive uh games out there like how do you keep yourself sharp for these upcoming tournaments yeah i kind of kind of both okay uh i mean i know down here that there's going to be 
guys, like, I mean, people say you get better when you play with people that are better than you. Yeah. And uh, I know that there's guys down here that are better than me. That that doesn't mean that I I, I don't think I can't go out there and beat them. But I sure. just know that, that they're to my caliber of play and stuff like that. So it's great to practice with guys like that. And then, um, and then, yeah, it's just being, another thing is being on a great course and that that's nothing. That's, that's all there is down here. Great courses. And I mean, you got five within 10 minutes from the woodlands that are unbelievable. And you can go out there and practice and play whatever you want to do. And that's, that's just kind of, I guess how I made my decision to come down here and live with Cam. I mean, he, he, he put it out there to, for me to do, but I was just like, well, I got to find a place to play. And then I finally figured out where I wanted to do. And I was like, yep, I'm on my way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well that, and the other thing that kind of works out good, especially for, you know, for this portion of your life, I mean, you know, you're going to turn pro eventually, um, you know that that's going to be an endeavor that you're going for, but you get to spend a summer preparing for a chance to make a Walker Cup team, and you're rooming with a guy that played on the last Walker Cup team. Right, right, so, exactly. I mean, I can't think of anyone that's going to have a better situation and setup like that. I, I'm sure you pick his brain. You've known him, known him for a long time, and he shares tons of stories from him playing professionally on the PGA Tour. Has he shared anything with you about the Walker Cup in 2017 at LA Country Club? He shared it all with me as soon as he got back. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, back when, back when he played, he came back, he was just like, dude, that was unbelievable. That was, that was the best, best experience of my life. And I, especially, I mean, when, when he says that, uh, that's, that's, I mean, you, you gotta take that and take it to the heart. I mean, it's just, I mean, especially what he had, already been through i mean he had already played on like the junior Ryder cup teams and stuff like that in junior golf so i mean for him to say that about the walk cup it was pretty cool i mean that it was just definitely a a goal to uh make it if i did make it this far and was considered to be on a, on the walk cup team yeah well i i like i said i think that's that's fantastic that you're putting yourself in that situation not just to make the team but you got a place to practice you got a place to uh does it get it frustrating to see how far he hits it, or do you just don't even care anymore? You're used to seeing that. I ain't scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell it. Hey, I'll tell it to his face. I ain't scared of him. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be great because this is going to be awesome because you know he's going to listen to this episode and then he's going to be I like, hope, he's gonna, "I hope he does." Oh, I hope I'm right next to him when I when he does too. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I I think I know the answer to this just by listening to you during this, uh, during our conversation, but answer this question for me. Are you all golf all the time? I mean, is that your life or do you have things outside that you do to try and you know, maybe take your mind off of golf sometimes? I have my time for golf and then I have my time for other things. And I, I think that's a, that's a, that's something that some guys get so caught up in they they get in the schedule like oh i gotta go do this i gotta go practice for six hours i gotta go putt for three hours i gotta go do this like i'm just out there and when i feel like it's when i feel like i've practiced enough i practice a little bit more and then i don't i don't just 
sit out there and try to find something wrong, you know? Exactly. No, that's a, that's a great, that's a great point. I mean, if it's there, it's there. Don't leave it alone. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. If you got to take a weekend and figure out a way to combine golf and hunting, how do you do it? (laughs) Uh, that's a good question. Uh, because usually most people don't know this about me, but it's, it's obviously going to change this year. Uh, but, in the past four years, it's funny. JT, my my head coach, my past four years, he he'd kind of get mad uh, because around the middle of November, all the way till about two weeks before I came back to school, I wouldn't touch a golf club. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, I would literally not touch a golf club. I'd, I'd go hunting every day. My my sleeping schedule was so screwed up. I would I. I'd be getting up at anywhere from one thirty to three o'clock in the morning to go go duck hunting, and then I'd get back around eleven a.m. and then I'd go to sleep, and then I'd go hang out, and then we'd go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So from November to to when did you go back to school? Like when the third week of January. Oh, so, okay. So you would just not touch a club for two months. Pretty much. Oh, I mean, at least, at least a month and a half. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, all right. So I've seen, I got to ask you this question. I've seen these hype videos that you've done at Texas A&M. Um, you're no stranger to being on, on camera. You're on Twitter. I, I don't see a whole lot of lack in personality coming out of you. Um, if you needed to pick someone on the on on the practice squad that you had for Walker Cup, that's going to be a good partner in crime for a hype video. Who you got to go with? Oh me. Uh, well, if he wouldn't have turned pro, it'd been Matt. <laughs> but my little homie had to turn pro on me, and uh, <laughs> no, uh, probably Brandon. Oh, woo! Yeah, me and Brandon have become pretty close this uh, this past like probably. Ever since probably the practice, uh, we've become pretty close. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Brandon. Yeah, he he, uh, he dropped your name uh, when we had him on the podcast uh, earlier in the year. I, I was asking about the practice session. I'm like, uh, I said, who who is one of the guys that stood out? He's like, well, I, I got to meet Chandler Phillips. And, uh, <laughs> and he was just like, he's a different dude, but I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Chandler, this was a lot of fun trying to, you know, just get to know you a little bit. And I know you got a great summer ahead, you know, slumming it with at the Woodlands with Cameron Champ. I hope you're able to overcome that. Uh, You know, got a lot of great tournaments you're going to play in. And, you know, best of luck getting uh, getting one of those spots on the Walker Cup team. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Chandler. I appreciate the time and congrats for making match play at the Western this past week. That performance will definitely help leading into the U.S. Amateur. Our next guest will be at the U.S. Amateur as well. He's the number 16 ranked amateur in the world and two-time Sunny Handed champion, Alex Smalley. Alex, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Thanks, Ben. I, uh, I appreciate you having me having me on. This is a pretty neat opportunity, so I appreciate you reaching out. Absolutely. Doing great. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's tr- kind of what we're doing here for this with this series is kind of highlighting the guys that are on the short list that are getting themselves in the best position possible to make the U.S. Walker Cup team. You know, we're, we're speaking kind of at the end of July here. Currently, you're ranked 15th in the world, 8th uh, ranked am- American. 
When you started playing golf growing up in Wake Forest, did you ever think those numbers would be attached to your name? Um, no. <laughs> That's okay. No, That's certainly okay. not. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, when you know you're you're a kid growing up, you you know you want to be the best golfer in the world, but um, it's kind of a, a a stretch goal, I guess you could say. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 been a a long time since then, and I've worked pretty hard at it. And um, yeah, it's it, it's great to to see my name up there on the rankings. But you know, just just got to keep playing. Absolutely, and then hopefully we'll get up a little bit more. So, you know, I mentioned growing up in Wake Forest and then attending Duke. You just wrapped up your collegiate career. Um, I guess after the numbers are all tabulated, you're going to be right up there as one of the most dominant players uh, at Duke University in the history of their golf program. So, I guess, how did you get to Duke with, I mean, I mean you're all these great universities right in that area. Was Duke always on your radar? Uh, was Wake Forest ever on your radar? I definitely wasn't a UNC fan growing up. Okay. I guess you could say, um, my, my mom got her PhD at Duke. So I, I guess I kind of, you know, grew up watching Duke basketball, you know, the, the JJ Reddicks and, you know, all three Plumlee brothers, they were there for a while. So I, you know, I've been, I was pretty familiar with Duke basketball growing up as a kid. Um, you know, yeah, Duke, Duke was on the radar for a good little bit, just, just being so close to home. I think it was, it was about 40 minutes from my house in Wake Forest. Um, the assistant coach come out and watch me quite a bit. Uh, we had a lot of good contact with, with the assistant coach starting off. And then, you know, head coach got involved and got to get to know coach green a little bit better. Um, and you know, it, it, it just happened to, to work out and that's where I ended up going. Um, but it turns out I, I actually didn't, really get recruited at all by wake forest university interesting um but you know i i i've seen coach haas at a lot of tournaments and um he's a great guy he's got a he's got a really great program over there um at wake forest you know they're they're probably our top rival in the acc um so you know it's great to see him at tournaments obviously his his family has been in the game for a while with uh his brother jay and then bill still playing so yeah, of course. You know, it's it, it's been a it's been a good rivalry, but you know, I've had a lot of good conversations with Coach Haas as well. So um, he's a very friendly person. And so you're let me let me be completely transparent here. I feel like we sh- I should be completely honest with you because you're being honest with me on this episode. So you're talking a lot about Duke. You you've attended Duke, played for their team um, back in the day. I attended the University of Kansas. So this is probably the most I've okay. This is the most I've spoken to a someone from Duke in really quite a long yeah. time. And I think the age difference <laughs> is really making this work because you're mentioning names like Plumley and Reddick, and I'm more in the Leitner Hurley. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, Grant Hill, I'm more in that frame uh-huh. in the nineties where you really inflicted a lot of pain. So I think I've, I've I'm over <laughs> yeah. that. I'm over it. I'm okay with it, but I just want you to know who you're talking to. So in case you, you know, well, actually, let me ask you this question. You're, you're done with Duke. Okay. You're done with, um, you, you know, all you've got your degree. You're done. So let me ask you more recognizable on campus, you or Zion Williamson. And you can, I mean, what, what was that like for both of you walking on campus? Did you both get just completely, you know, just smothered with all the attention or do you think he got a little bit more of it than you did? 
Uh, I, I, I'm going to answer it as a serious question, but it, it's a joke question. I would assume. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Absolutely. Uh, there's, you know, there's not a lot of people that care a whole lot about golf. If we're being honest, it, it do. Okay. You know, there's, you know, walk, walking, walking amongst, amongst all the, all the students there, you know, they, they, they probably wouldn't be able to tell that, you know, I'm an athlete or some of my teammates are athletes without our name being on our backpack and stuff like that. Okay. Saying Duke golf on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, we see the basketball guys around every so often. Um, and you know, Zion, Zion's just a bus. He's just a beast of a human being. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting, you know, after, unfortunately after they got eliminated from the NCAA tournament, um, he, he was over at the golf course and trying attempting to hit golf balls. Um, I, I, I never, I never saw it in person. Um, but I got to see him at the 19th hole. It's kind of, you know, the little snack shack Sure. when people make the turn and, you know, he was about five or 10 feet away from me. So, you know, just, just being able to stand next to him and realize, holy cow, you know, this guy's huge. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you you see it a little bit, obviously, when when you're at basketball games, watching basketball games, and you know you you see Trey Jones out there, point guard. He's you know six two or six three, and just looks tiny out there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then you know once once you get to stand next to someone like that in person, someone like Zion, you know it's it's very humbling. Um, yeah, and you're six feet tall, but just, that just, means that means nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that means nothing. Yeah. Right. Right. But you know he's. He's one heck of a, a guy as well, from what I've heard. Um, you know, when whenever he came over, over to the golf course, uh, there were always people around him. You know, people wanted to get pictures and all sorts of stuff with him. And, you know, he was smiling the whole time. Sure. Um, so I've, you know, I've I've heard that from quite a lot of people that have been able to talk to him and, and meet him. And, he, you know, he's, he's very humble and... Um, He's very down to earth and, you know, it's just, just really good with people. You mentioned going to games, uh, you know, there's a handful of arenas. I know we're really drifting away from golf here, but we're going to get back to it at some point, but uh, you know, it, between Allen Fieldhouse at KU and, and Cameron Indoor at Duke and a couple of the other universities around the nation with just historic college basketball uh, venues, uh, can you pinpoint your best experience at Cameron Indoor, uh, you know, Cameron Indoor Arena? It's difficult to get to games just just because of the basketball program that I guess we have. There, there's a lot of prime time, prime time games, you know, at seven or nine o'clock during during the middle of the week. So obviously, it's very difficult to get to those. Um, we we probably get to go to maybe two or three games a year. Um, the the ones on the front end of the season and you know, November and December, those ones are a little easier to go to just because we're out of season at that point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fun to go to those preseason games and, um, you know, obviously the game's over hopefully in the first 10 or 15 minutes exactly. of the game. Yeah. I've been to those um, too. But, you know, they're, they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, I, I probably say the, the best memory I have was last year, my junior year, we were able to get tickets to the Duke Virginia game at Cameron. Yep. And at, at, at that time, Duke was ranked four and Virginia was ranked two. Um, so it was, you know, it was obviously a, a very big matchup. I think college game day might have been there that day too. I can't remember. I remember that um, game. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it was great. It was it was really close. I think it was tied with maybe 70 or 80 seconds left in the game. And, you know, Ty Jerome hit a three to put them up by three. And, you know, we just couldn't answer. So that, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, all, all of the games are fun in general. But, that you know, that's probably one of the um, the games I look back to the most. Nice. So you're um so just kind of returning a little bit to golf, you know, we're we're getting ready for uh for the USAM. Um, you know, there's a lot of other summer tournaments that are on the schedule for a lot of the guys that are either, you know, on the short list or on the outside looking in. Um, you know, the, you've had experience playing US team golf. You actually played in the Palmer Cup recently. That was your first experience playing for for the United States everything it lived up to be did it exceed your expectations what kind of maybe surprised you or didn't surprise you about being in that kind of an environment going into the week it's kind of difficult to expect what it's going to be like since i haven't been on the team before um everyone i've talked to that's been on the team before said it it's a great week you know enjoy it you'll you'll remember it forever um but it, it was really special i think i think what they did with the format change a couple years ago where they, they kind of mixed the format with men and women where we get to play with the women in a few of the matches. It's, it's very, very neat and very cool. Unfortunately, we lost this year, but the, the golf course we were at was unbelievable. It's probably one of the toughest walking courses I've ever seen or have played on, but the course was, it, it was almost like an Augusta in Arkansas. Yeah. The you know, it was, the it was un- Club, unbelievable. Yeah. The Elotion Club, yeah. Everything was Zoisha there. The fairways were Zoisha. The rough was Zoisha. Um, the greens were bent. They were perfect. They were pretty big. So it was, it was an unbelievable week. Um, I, I played pretty well that week. I think I only lost one of my four matches. So it was, it was a little bittersweet. It was nice to be able to play well, but obviously you want the team to, team to win more, but you know, it was a lot of fun. I made a lot of, a lot of really good friends. I knew most of the guys, but I didn't really know a whole lot of the women. So it was nice to be able to get to know them and um, some of the people on the international team as well. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun and certainly something I'll continue to look back on. Yeah. So, and I guess one thing I'm curious about is a team dynamic. You're coming from this, this tight knit team that you have at Duke and then you go in and you kind of know people or know just about all the people on, that are going to be on your team do you find yourself maybe in being invested in in their games and their success, and does it take anything away from your focus on your own game? Obviously, you'd want to focus on yourself and you know be able to just play for yourself. And then, obviously, if you play for yourself, you'll you'll do good enough to um, put some points on the board for the team. But I, you know, I most most of the guys that were on that team, I'd say at least half of them were at the Walker cup practice session in December. Um, yeah. so there, you know, we had, we had a good net of guys in that sense. And then everyone knew each other playing college golf together and all that. So, um, you know, Cole hammer had huge galleries out there watching them every single match. Um, so it was, you know, it was pretty cool to get to, to hear some of the stories from his group and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you want everyone to play well and you know, you're rooting for everyone on your team. It's a little bit of a, of a different dynamic, right? Cause you're, you're trying to beat all of these guys in college throughout right. the whole year. 
you kind of have little rivalries, rivalries, I guess, with them. And then all of a sudden you're put on the same team with them. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a little interesting format, but, um, it, it's something that everyone welcomes. And I, I'd say most of it was once you get physically out on the golf course and your matches, you're, you're just focusing on playing good golf. You mentioned these practice, the practice sessions in December down in South Florida. I know you guys are at, uh, you know, Seminole and Bears Club, and I think you guys uh, popped over to Medalist as well. That had to be just kind of an, an incredible experience because you're with all these top guys that are on the short list. Um, you know, some, if not most, from that squad or that practice squad are going to find themselves on the on the final team. You know, it's in December where you guys are kind of off. There's not a whole lot of tournaments going on at that time, so. You know, no one's, I mean, I guess you're all playing great, but not, I would guess you would say in tournament mode. Was that more of just getting to know everyone or was it just having fun on these golf courses that maybe you've never had access to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was obviously a, a really neat experience. You know, we got pretty lucky with some of the golf courses that we got to play. You know, you, you, you <laughs> yeah, mentioned yeah, most not of them on, already. Yeah, they're not on golfnow.com, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we played. So we we played thirty six holes for three days in a row. Oh wow! And all all we did was alternate shot. Yeah, of course. That's, that's all. That's all we played. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the the first day we played at Medalist and then went over to MacArthur. The second day we were at Seminole, and then the third day we were at Bears Club. But you know, it was it was an honor to even be mentioned to be on the practice session squad. Um, it was really cool to be able to, to meet Captain Crosby, um, and to, you know, obviously hear some of the stories he, he told about his dad thing, um, being, you know, the Hollywood star that he was. Sure. Um, and not, you know, Cap, Captain was a, a great player, you know, in, in, in his own right. You know, he won the U.S. Amateur. Um, it was, it was great to get to know Robbie Zalzanek a little bit better from the USGA. I, I kind of met him at Aaron Hills when I played in the US Open in 2017. So yeah. it was, it, it was nice to be able to get to, to know, to know him more. But yeah, I think obviously coming out of, um, the season right before Halloween, you know, no one's games were in tip top shape sure. in the middle of December playing on some of those golf courses. So. Um, we, we had a few good laughs from, um, some loose shots, I guess you could say that, you know, I, I know I certainly hit and, um, <laughs> some people probably hit too, but, you know, mo- most of it was, um, uh, just getting to know some of the guys. And then I think what they really wanted us to do was to, to get better at the alternate shot format because from, from what I've heard, that's, that's the format that the U.S. team struggles with the most. Um, I'm not really sure what it what it is, but you know it's a, it's just a different format and it's hard to get into a rhythm. Um, I we we played alternate shot in the Palmer Cup, and I know there were there were a few circumstances where I didn't hit a tee shot or an iron shot for you know four or five holes. It's difficult to get into a rhythm. Um, so it was you know it was great to be around the guys. And it was very special to be able to be at some of the places that we were at, but. Um, I think the the main part of it was just to have fun, get to know everyone, and then you know get a little taste of what alternate shot is like. Yeah, I think the problem with the U.S. team has had with alternate shots is it's 
I wouldn't say it's maybe their their weakness. It's just that it's something that is in the the golfing culture over in the UK and in Europe more so than the United States. So I think that's I think they've just had more experience with it. Um, you mentioned that you've played alternate shot there in those practice sessions. Who are some of the guys that you were paired up with? We played six rounds of golf. Um, I think there was only one person on my team that I didn't get to play with. Oh wow! Um, so you know they they switched up the they switched up the pairings every single round. But I, you know, I, I remember playing with John Augustine the best just because, uh, we, we played really well alternate shot at Bears Club. I think we, we shot 10 or 11 under alternate shot at Bears Club. That's, uh, um, that'll get it done. Which was, which was pretty cool. <laughs> um, and, you know, Cap, I, I've seen Captain Crosby a few times over the spring and he, he's told me on a few occasions that, you know, the people at the Bears Club still, still can't get over the fact that John and I were 10 or 11 under. Now you, you mentioned that you've seen Captain Crosby throughout, you know, since the practice session, uh, do you, do you try and, you know, I mean, do, do you try and keep the relationship going to make sure he, he knows what you're doing or do you kind of let your play speak for itself? Uh, right. So, uh, you know, obviously everyone wants to be on the oh, team. Right. Um, exactly. So, so you want to be in much contact with him as, as you can, but you know, I, the only time I'm in touch with him is when I see him at tournaments. Nice. Um, okay. I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody knows when he's going to show up or where he's going to show up. Um, so it's, you know, it's just a surprise when, when, whenever you see him out there, but, um, you know, it's nice to be able to talk with him a little bit after, after I won the sunny Honda this year, he sent me an email, um, which was nice, you know, it was nice to know that he was watching, but that, you know, I, that was, that was the only time that I was able to talk to him off of a golf course, um, since December. So, you know, you're, you're just trying to make your scores talk for themselves and you're just trying to play golf, but, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see him out there whenever he's at a tournament and, you know, it's nice to be followed around um, by him. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of a surprise. You, you just never know when he's just going to pop out of the trees or <laughs> pop out of somewhere. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic. But um, I think you just kind of you're like, oh, okay, well, there's just another person watching. You just have to do your job on the course and let it speak for itself. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned the Santa Hannah. You're the first uh, first person to go back to back there since uh, Ricky Fowler in 2007 and 2008. So, as your amateur career is wrapping up, I'm sure that has got to be right there at the top. Uh, you know, you have the the USAM coming up uh, this summer. What uh, what else are you kind of doing for the rest of the summer? I know you. I I don't think you're playing the Western, so you're trying to. I guess you're trying to you know keep things a little bit light as you ramp up for the US Amateur. Maybe what are, what are some of the things that you're working on with your game or uh, maybe some drills that you're doing, just things that you're using to, to kind of keep your game sharp as you, uh, as you close out the summer? Obviously, putting. Um, I've kind of, you know, struggled a little bit in the spring with putting. Um, just haven't been totally confident at some events. Uh, it seemed like it was just kind of hit or miss over some of the spring, you know, some rounds were really good, but some were really bad. And there was, there just wasn't really a whole lot of in between on the greens. Okay. Um, so I've been working on, been working a little bit on that. Um, 
went to go see a putting instructor at the end of June, right after the North and South at Pinehurst. So I, I saw him three weeks ago, I guess at this point. And, um, you know, I've seen a quite a bit of quite a few improvements and made a, made a grip change, made a putter change and, um, everything feels really good. I haven't, I haven't had a, a competition round with the, with the new putter yet. Um, I played the, the players am a couple of weeks ago in Boston with the, the new grip change and the new putting style change, but I still had my old putter. So, um, obviously I, I did pretty well there, had a rough last round at the players, but it was nice to be able to see some putts fall and to have a little bit more confidence on the greens. Um, so I, I'd say I probably looking, um, working on short game the most, um, being able to play Pinehurst at the North and South, uh, the middle of June, a couple months before the AM really helped. Um, there are a couple weaknesses around the greens and on the greens that, you know, that tournament showed me that I needed to work on. So I've been fo- focusing mostly on that, um, to get ready for the AM, obviously ball striking with, you know, the way those greens are set up, um, you want to be you want to be on the green as many times as possible. So I, I'd say mostly um, putting in short game around the greens to get ready for ready for the am. Nice. Well, I'm sure that is going to be uh, pretty exciting as far as just who all is going to be there and just what that tournament in and of itself is going to mean. Uh, gosh, I I can't help but think the fact that the winner of this year's U.S. Amateur is. Uh, you know, if they keep their amateur status, they're they're going to be playing the first two rounds of next year's Masters with Tiger Woods. Oh wow, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put those together. Yeah, so that's going to be a pretty incredible uh, USAM final. So I will definitely be paying attention to that. Um, we just got done with the Open Championship, you know, over at Royal Port Rush. I think the final six groups uh, of the final round, their average was about 75. Uh, just the weather was just completely ridiculous. And, you know, those are things that can easily happen over there in the UK. I'm just curious, what is the worst weather that you've ever played golf in? Um, I, yeah, I, pra- I practiced pretty early Saturday and Sunday morning just because it was, it was so hot here. I think the heat index was around 105 in the afternoon, both Saturday and Sunday. So I wanted to, practice a little bit in the morning but i saw the weather forecast at port rush for sunday and you know i got really excited um just because you know we don't there's not a whole lot of opportunities where we get to see professional golfers struggle a whole lot right um and it's it's nice to be able to watch mayhem i guess you could call it on the (laughs) golf course um obviously it's not very fun at all to be to be in their shoes playing in those conditions but um for me, you know, I was kind of a little excited to see how they would handle it just because with all the rain and the wind, um, how they would handle the situation. And, um, you know, it was, it was really cool to, to see how they did that. But, um, some of the worst conditions I've ever played in, I, I, I grew up playing in the, the winter national series at Pinehurst as a, as a high schooler. And, we were playing there, there, there were a lot of really bad situations over some of the winter. So I, I remember one time we were playing Pinehurst number one and it was 40 degrees and it was downpouring. Oh God. Um, 
there was another time where we were playing course number four and it started sleeting on nine green. Um, there was another time where we were playing on Pinehurst number six and it started snowing <laughs> on nine green. Um, there have been a few times where we were qualifying at Duke for some tournaments um, where we played in a tropical storm. It was raining for four and a half or five hours the whole time we were out there. Oh, God. And I, 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 re- I remember one of those rounds I shot. I shot one over. I shot 73. And it was, I, I, I think it might have been the best best ball striking round I've ever had. I can, oh, yeah, just, absolutely. Just just with the, with the rain, I, I I think I hit 15 or 16 greens, and I was I was so happy. I shot one over that day. <laughs> so that I, I remember that time. But I think the worst was we were, we were at a tournament, Illinois State's tournament, I think it was, last spring, my junior spring. And the final round, some some coaches were debating whether or not we should have played, but um, we wanted to play. And so I think we teed off at 11 or 12, at, uh, 10 or 11 in the morning. And the wind chill was about 20 degrees. And then, you know, the day went on and we had five or six holes left and it started snowing. And it's, you know, it's still only 30 degrees at this point and it's starting to snow. Oh, God. We've got six holes left. Yeah. And the snow is starting, the snow is sticking on the grass. It's accumulating on the fairways. Right. And so, you know, there were a couple holes where people almost lost their golf ball in the middle of the fairway. Right. Of course. Because there was, there was snow on the ground. Um, but the thing was when the snow hit the green, it would just kind of melt into a little puddle. So once you got up on the greens, um, you kind of had to have a full body rotation for a putt that was only about 10 feet. Right. Just because once, once it got rolling, it, it would just get stopped by all the water. Of course. Um, I, I bet the greens were only stimping at about a four or five just because of how slow they were. Yeah, someone should have stepped um, so that. Was, yeah. yeah, that that was, um, it started getting a, a little out of hand, but, you know, my teammates and I were, were telling each other, you know, this is, this is going to be something we talk about, you oh, know, yeah. 40 or 50 years down the road. That That's probably the worst one. There's probably about half an inch of snow on the ground when we were finished. So that, that one was pretty bad. Yeah. I think, I, I don't think we're going to, you're going to experience that, uh, anytime soon. And hopefully that doesn't happen yeah. over at Hoy Lake. Um, yeah. Alex, well, thank you very much for taking the time to, to talk to me today. Uh, this is, um, this is fantastic. I know that the Walker Cup is definitely on your radar and, and you're firmly on that list of, of the guys that are not only at the practice squad, but guys that are right there in the rankings that are looking to get a spot. So enjoy the rest of your summer. Best of luck at the USAM, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you on the road to Hoylake. Well, thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on again. It's, it's been an honor to be able to talk with you about some stuff today. And there you have it, another great episode here in this series. Thanks so much to Chandler Phillips, Alex Smalley, and as always, Julie Williams from AmateurGolf.com for joining us. We'll see you again next time on the road to Hoylake here at the back of the range.